All right, Mike, it's time to talk about the future. Oh, great. We're talking about that flying car topic today. Is it like automation? What do you want to do? I was thinking about when the sun will swell to swallow the earth and the moon. You lied to me. You told me today in Slack that we were going to be doing a fun thing today. Why are we doing the the, the, uh, heat death of the universe topic? Well, the heat death of the universe is a different thing. You want to do that next time? No. Let's just just like like shrink this one down. I'll give you this one because you love your space, but that's it. (laughs) But the good news is we'll all be long gone by the time this happens. Okay, well, I would genuinely hope so. <laughs> it's going to be unpleasant. As you would imagine, putting a timeline on the future of the planet, the end of the Earth, it's a difficult thing. Mm-hmm. And things can be estimated knowing about the planet and the solar system based on decades of observations. But there's a there's an element here that, you know, is uncertain. Yeah. Of course, when you throw things like our effect on global warming and possible extinction-level events, it tends to get a little bit more complicated to start trying to lay this all out on, like, your kitten calendar or whatever. Is that how scientists do it? I'm just going to assume, yeah. I mean, I would like to think (laughs) that they had some kind of, like, physical calendar, and it could have one of those, like, hang-in-there-kitten-type deals. I'm all for it. There is a lot to get into here, Mike. There's just a lot lot of stuff. (laughs) All right, let me start then. So off the top, we want to write off random events because that's that's not kind of what we're going to today. So like if the planet was to be hit by an asteroid that's big enough, it could trigger a mass extinction of life on Earth. This happened before. It could happen again. But it does happen on average every 45 million years. Um, How due are we for that? Is that coming up like 45 million? I don't know, man. I tried setting a timer on Siri and it just refused. So, uh, an asteroid or comet three to six miles in diameter would put enough debris into the atmosphere to block out light from the sun, cooling the Earth in as little time as a week, halting photosynthesis for several months at least. And this is like the best case scenario, killing an unknown number of species, possibly including us. Nice. Likewise, a supernova, which is an explosion of a star, could strip away the Earth's protective upper atmosphere, just like a like if you imagine you were wearing a jacket and there was like a really strong wind and you hadn't buttoned up the jacket and it would just pull it right off. It's basically the same thing. <laughs> That's it. That's how you describe a supernova. <laughs> uh, it would leave us vulnerable to the radiation of our own sun because we have no atmosphere. A supernova explosion at a distance of 26 light years will reduce the ozone column density by half. This happens every few hundred million years. So even if it's not super close, it can still make a bit of an effect which is not good these both seem bad to me they are pretty bad but the future of the earth doesn't have to be so flashy though it doesn't have to be so whiz bang over the next 250 million years the earth's rotation is expected to slow by more than 90 minutes a day thanks to the moon's pull on the planet thanks moon causing additional friction between the core and mantle and tides that slowly decelerate the earth's rotation so basically the moon is screwing us real slowly and one day <laughs> it's going to get us revenge we can't just condemn the moon outright the moon does appear to stabilize the earth's spin on its own axis but over time that effect will diminish and the tilt of the earth could change as high as like 90 degrees between 1.5 and 4.5 billion years from now and as you may expect from how this episode is going so far that would probably destroy all life on earth 
As all of this is happening, the tectonic plates that make up the Earth's crust are going to continue to move, causing the continents to drift. And some 65% of the Earth's oceans will be pulled into the mantle as these plates move and grind against each other. In my mind, it's like, you know, when you pull the plug out of the bottom of the bathtub? Mm -hmm. It's basically that, but planet-sized. Less moving, though. (laughs) Fewer rubber duckies. Although, you know, we did that episode about the the floaties in the ocean, so Mm -hmm. poor went out for those guys, I guess. As all this is going on, the Earth's core may cool less efficiently, causing the magnetic field around the planet to decay, again, letting our old friend solar radiation to reach the atmosphere and surface. And then there's global warming, or climate change, as is a better phrase to use in these times. There is a mountain of evidence saying that humanity is making the Earth a warmer place. Sea levels will rise as the ice caps melt, and an unknown amount of vital species in the oceans and on land will die off. As CO2 in the atmosphere increases and temperatures rise, the oceans will begin to evaporate more quickly. We're going to go more into this in a minute, but the sun is also warming up, which isn't going to do the planet any favors either. In a billion years or so, it may be true that there's no seawater left on the planet at all, at which point plate tectonics will grind to a halt. Underground life or organisms trapped in ice at the top of mountains may be able to survive, but the game will be basically up. And of course, again, it is worth remembering, we're talking tens, hundreds, millions, billions of years into the future here. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, it's not next Thursday. We hope. <laughs> that asteroid, man, you know, supernova, that could be real bad. Just take your jacket right off you. <laughs> this episode of Ungenius is brought to you by Water Cooler Trivia. The folk at Water Cooler Trivia are here to spruce up life at the office. They will send weekly quizzes to you by email to you and your colleagues to help spark some good-spirited competition. It's super quick to set up, so in no time at all, you'll be discovering your co-workers' secret special skills and knowledge and showing off your own. Here's how it works. First, you create a group and choose your quiz categories and difficulty level. Then you'll get a custom link to share with your colleagues so they can sign up too. Anyone who signs up will get a quiz landing in their inbox on Monday, and you'll all get weekly results sent to you so things could get competitive. Water Cooler Trivia is brightening Mondays for companies all over the world, from international consulting firms to tiny textile dumps and national retailers. You can create a group for your team today. It's all with a free trial with no credit card required. Now, I want to test out some of these trivia questions, Stephen. So are you ready to take one? Uh, I'm ready, and I should say I have not looked at the ad copy, so I don't know what questions are coming to me. On the children's TV program, Dora the Explorer, the protagonist's travel companion wears what color footwear? Ooh, this is a dad question. Exactly. I went straight for it. But my kids are a little old for Dora the Explorer. I'm trying to think. Um, I'm going to go with orange uh, red oh. head to watercoolertrivia.com slash ungenius for a two-month free trial that is eight weeks of totally free office fun that is watercoolertrivia.com slash ungenius right now our thanks to watercooler trivia for their support of ungenius and all of relay fm i was close not really you just picked a color that was <laughs> <laughs> it could be any color really mm-hmm. if you think about it okay it's time to talk about the sun. Yeah, can't avoid it anymore. Our sun is a main sequence star that is about 4.6 billion years old, which means it's about halfway through its life cycle. The sun is fueled by hydrogen, which is fused into helium in its core. Did you ever learn the song as a kid about the sun? 
the sun is hot. The sun is not a place that we could live. Nope. Remember that? No idea what you're talking about. The sun is a mass of incandescent gas, a gigantic nuclear furnace, where hydrogen is built into helium at a temperature of millions of degrees. Over time, the sun is gradually getting hotter and brighter, and its core is shrinking as it burns off that hydrogen. Uh, helium is more dense, increasing the pressure at the center of the star as more helium is produced. And when I say gradually, I mean it. It is increasing in brightness about 1% every 100 million years. In 5 billion or so years, the sun will turn into a red giant, as it doesn't have enough mass to explode into a supernova. As its hydrogen supply runs out, the sun will double in size over the course of half a billion years or so, making Earth receive as much light and heat from the sun as Venus does today. Temperatures will rise on Earth, killing off every living thing, turning the blue planet into a sterile wasteland. As this is happening, the orbits of the planets will expand, but it won't be enough to keep them out of harm's way. It's likely that the sun will swallow both Mercury and Venus, and that the moons of the outer planets could be warm enough uh, to match temperatures like what we see on Earth today. At that point, the solar wind, which is the stream of charged particles emitted by the sun in every direction, will be so strong and the light and heat so severe that some really bad things are going to happen down here on Earth. The oceans are long gone at this point, replaced probably by lava. You know, that the game, you know, the floor is lava. Just picture that, but worldwide. The world is lava. Yeah, <laughs> you can't win that game. Uh, any continents that may exist at this point will be made of metal oxides, and surface temperatures on Earth may reach 2,100 degrees Celsius or 3,800 degrees Fahrenheit. It's just a, it's not a, not a nice place to be anymore. The moon won't be faring much better either. <laughs> now the sun's going to get its revenge on the moon. Take that, moon. Its orbit will decay to a point that Earth's gravity will tear it apart, giving the planet a ring made of moon rocks and debris before the matter falls to what is left of the surface. As the sun pulls the earth into its mass, the surface and mantle will be stripped away, leaving just the core, which won't last more than a couple hundred years before being vaporized. If somehow the earth survives the sun's red giant phase, it still won't be out of the woods. Once the helium is burned off inside the sun, it will collapse into a white dwarf. This version of our sun will be just about half of its current size and be made up of carbon and oxygen. The receding of the sun will wreak havoc on the gravity that holds the solar system together. If the moon is still around at this point, it will definitely be pulled into the Earth, and then the whole mass could be ejected from the solar system along with the other planets as gravitational forces simply pull everything apart. If somehow that doesn't happen, or doesn't happen to the Earth at least, it will, in some 100 quintillion years, be pulled into what's left of the sun, at this point, cold and dark. But again... This is not next Thursday. Ooh, well, maybe Friday. <laughs> I like to thank Marcus for sending this in. I'm not sure thanks is the right way to put this, but... No, I know you love it. I know you love all this space stuff. This stuff is super interesting to me. Uh, if you want to learn more, there are a couple links in the show notes at relay.fm slash ungeniused slash 72. While you're there, you can get in touch via email. You can be like Marcus and send in a topic. It'll go in the list and uh, we'll get to it. If you have a topic you want to submit on Twitter, though, you can do that as well. The show is at Ungeniest. You can find Mike there as I-M-Y-K-E, and you can find me there as I-S-M-H. And until the next day we lose our jacket, Mike, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Adios.